0: This is Gabe Wrench with the Cross-Politic Daily News Brief for Wednesday, November 11th, 2020. Portland is crazy. The CDC is crazy. Barr offers some sanity, but the election, the COVID, and politicians are going insane. I'll get there. Hold tight. Remember, if you come across any news stories you think we might need to cover, please send it to news at crosspolitic.com. I actually have a couple articles uh, from our emails, uh, from listeners that sent emails in. So thank you for that. News at CrossPolitic.com. Portland goons, new thuggery. Uh, this is according to the New York Post. As one of five members of Portland's city council, Dan Ryan cast the deciding vote against defunding the city's cops, who had to return the favor only hours later as lefty goons attacked Ryan's home. Two commissioners, as they're titled, voted to cut the Portland Police Department budget by $18 million, or 8%, Thursday. Ryan provided the third vote against it, whereupon the city's protesters marched to his house, shouting, shattering glass, and lighting flares on his front lawn. Police showed up rapidly to break up the mini riot, but this was the fourth night in a single week that these Goons targeted a commissioner's home and neighborhood. Mayor Ted Willer had to move out of his house in order to spare his neighbors from these mobs. Portland is, is just insane. CDC recommends hosting Thanksgiving dinners outside and requiring guests to wear a mask. No thank you. According to discern.com, the Center for Disease and Control Prevention have released new guidelines for Thanksgiving celebrations in the U.S. as cases continue to surge. The CDC said that celebrating virtually or with members of your own household only poses the lowest risk, while celebrating with other households or with college students returning home has varying levels of risk. The health agency also suggests having gatherings mostly outside and encourage mask wearing and social distancing. It also said people should avoid potluck-style dinners and encourage guests to bring their own food how about these levitical laws man a reminder the talks from this year's fight lab feast conference weapons for this war are up in the club member portal and if you are not already a club member what are you waiting for Go to fightlafheast.com and register today and access all the talks. We got stuff from Pastor Wilson, George Grant, Pastors in Politics, uh, Gary, Uncle Gary, Gary DeMar on God in Government, which is a series, a video series that we produced with Gary, uh, about 10 videos. That man, it needs to be all over the place. Log in, listen to Uncle Gary talk about God in Government. It's fantastic. And also, did you know we are starting a new magazine? Four issues, 40 bucks one year if you register before January 1st. Order a yearly subscription for yourself and then a, a couple maybe for your pastors, your elders, or Carl Lynch if you know him uh, and any lukewarm friends you might have and send them a gift subscription. It will come to their door. They have to receive it. They have to touch it. So do that. Every quarter we promise quality food for the soul, joyous wine for the heart, and some Red Bull for turning over tables. Our magazine will include cultural and theological commentary, a psalm of the quarter, recipes for feasting, laughter sprinkled throughout the pages, and more. Our goal is to produce a high-quality quarterly mini-book-like experience. Early bird subscription, like I said, is $40 before January 1st, and you won't be billed until January 1st. Attorney General Barr approves the DOJ investigation for voting irregularities saying according to uh, again discern.com uh, attorney w- william barr says it's imperative that americans can trust the electoral process attorney general william barr circulated a memo on monday authorizing the u.s department of justice to look into alleged voting irregularities in the recent presidential contest between trump and wannabe president joe biden the memo authorized u.s attorney's assistant Attorney Generals for the Department's Criminal Division, Civil Rights Division, the National Security Division, and the FBI Director, Christopher Ray, to all begin inquiry and any appropriate investigation. Barr acknowledged that the states have the primary authority to oversee their elections, but the DOJ Department of Justice still must ensure the federal elections are fairly conducted, given this, and given that voting in our elections has now concluded. I authorize you to pursue substantial allegations of voting and vote tabulation irregularities prior to the certification of elections in your jurisdictions in certain areas, as I have already done in specific instances, Barr wrote. Barr instructed agents of the department to be careful not to launch investigations based on specious, speculative, fanciful, or far-fetched claims. He also noted his memo was not to be interpreted to mean that the DOJ had concluded Any voter fraud capable of altering the outcome of the election had occurred in the first place. Good memo, good bar. I want to take us on a little journey here. Mitch McConnell, this last couple days, said that no calls for lectures from people who just spent four years refusing to accept the 2016 election. You remember that? Hillary Clinton refused to accept the 2016 election. The Democratic Party refused to accept the 2016 election. More on that in a minute. AOC and former inconsequential presidential candidate Evan McMullen are wanting to round up those who are skeptical of the election results and throw them into concentration camps. Okay, I, I, over, I definitely overstated that. They don't want to throw us into concentration camps, but maybe not far off. AOC... Tweeted this, uh, I believe just yesterday, is anyone archiving these Trump sycophants for when they try to downplay or deny their complicity in the future? I foresee decent probability of many deleted tweets, writings, photos in the future. So let's uh, archive all these people who think there might be fraud in this election. Evan McMillan tweeted this, we should keep and publish a list of everyone who assists Trump frivolous and dangerous attacks on the election. Name and shame forever. They want to dox you. If you think there's fraud in this election, they want to dox you. We need to go back and talk COVID narrative again, and I'll bring this all back around. And We need to remind ourselves what happened this past year. The Democratic Party just effectively used the COVID narrative to overhaul our voting system. That's what happened, which allowed for this massive mail-in voting. This mail-in voting is at the center of the voting problems we are facing nationwide. The COVID narrative is so strong that it pressures weak governors like like my governor here in Idaho, Brad Little, to allow for the same mail-in balloting in our conservative state. In my local county commissioner election, I beat my opponent handedly at the polls, and then the mail-in ballots came in. My opponent obtained about 75% of his votes from the mail-in absentee ballot situation scenario. This process is bad for legitimate elections and bad for our republic. We got to get rid of it. But the bigger problem is the constant COVID narrative that is being used against you. Can you imagine an America where the mayor of a small town can willy-nilly shut down your business? That happened. That happened this past year. What America do we live in? Our mayor here in town, our city council here in Moscow, back on March 20th, voted to shut down my friend's businesses in downtown in the name of the pandemic. We had no COVID cases in our county at that point. Zero, zilch, zitch. And our mayor's reasoning was, oh, oh, you need to shut your business down and stop providing for your family so that I can save your life from the Rona, as Knox likes to say. The general population goes along with this and does not push back, and the, and the COVID narrative is thick. Look at all this. Let me remind some of you of more tomfoolery, and again, I'll bring this all together here at the end. Remember when Hillary lost. I did not vote for Trump, and it was still glorious to remember this. Remember how the Democratic Party did not accept the election results. They blamed Russia for rigging the election. Remember when Hillary Clinton's campaign paid a former British intelligence officer to create the fake dossier files that then was presented in the FISA courts that was then the basis for the FISA courts giving approval to spy on Trump's campaign. Remember that? Then there's this. Joe, President-elect Biden... And the Democratic Party just spent the last four years calling conservatives racist, xenophobic, homophobic. And then Joe Biden, in his wannabe presidential election speech this last Saturday, used the Bible to call for a time to heal, to come together, find unity, work towards unity again. Uh, do, not, do not believe him. In fact, let me just play the clip for you uh, right now.
1: I said at the outset, I wanted to represent this campaign to represent and look like America. We've done that. Now that's what I want the administration to look like and act like. For all those of you who voted for President Trump, I understand the disappointment tonight. I've lost a couple times myself. But now, let's give each other a chance. It's time to put away the harsh rhetoric, lower the temperature, see each other again, listen to each other again. And to make progress, we have to stop treating our opponents as our enemies. They are not our enemies. They are Americans. They are Americans. The Bible tells us to everything there is a season, a time to build, a time to reap, and a time to sow, and a time to heal. This is the time to heal in America.
0: Wow. And apparently a time to murder babies, too. He doesn't have a problem with that either. This is the kind of shenanigans that the Democratic Party is playing on us. They are playing you. They are playing America. They are playing their own party. He does not really believe himself, and neither do I, and neither should you, that he really cares one whit about unity. The Democrats brought you Russia Gate while Hunter Biden was making money off Russia. The Democrats brought you Me Too, the Me Too movement while Hollywood was covering it up. The Democrats brought you Judge Kavanaugh while Joe Biden's accuser was swept under the rug. The Democrats tried to impeach Trump back in January. Back in that, I can't believe that uh, President Trump was impeached this last year. I can't even remember that. I can't even fathom that news cycle actually still happened presently in this year. The Democrats do not want peace. They don't want unity. They want power and compliance. That's what every move they've done this last year in the last four years of President Trump's uh, administration is, is they want power and compliance, and everything that they've thrown at Trump they themselves have been doing they've been playing with russia they've been playing with me too you know Joe Biden gets away from not having you know his accusees are being heard and all that stuff uh It's been the exact thing that they've been charging trump of doing, they have been doing themselves. So this brings me to a local example here on how we are being played. Our city council had their usual Monday meeting uh, this last week, and their medical advisor literally just gaslit half of Moscow. The medical advisor blamed those who don't wear masks for our COVID problems while at the same meeting, the same meeting, the city supervisor who – wears a mask all over the place. I've seen him in town was at home because he tested positive for, yes, you guessed it, the Rona. And here is a clip of the city council, uh, their medical advisor gaslighting us.
1: We've done a lot of contact tracing, a lot of contact tracing, and we have not traced it back to the classrooms where we have the hand sanitizer. We're wearing the masks and places where social distancing is happening. We have traced it back to our rural surrounding communities where they don't mask. We have traced it back to members uh, of the Moscow community who don't believe in wearing masks so um, we are bar none about the efficacy of the masks and helping wear spread and and doing our
0: I can't finish that clip that's just unbelievable they have uh- Our Moscow city supervisor was on that Zoom call in that meeting at home. He was at home because he tested positive for COVID. He wears a mask all over the place. And then she blames the rural communities? She blames those who don't want to wear masks as as the COVID case problem? Uh, You know, it's important to note that most of the cases in our county are in the age range of 19 to 30-year-olds, which is we're in a college town. That's the college demographic. That's the best demographic that should be building herd immunity. Uh, that's not coming from rural communities. These cases are probably coming from University of Idaho because University of Idaho is forcing their students to get tested. Forcing them. It's it's quite amazing. And And shouldn't hospitalizations be the most important data point we should be tracking? Should that be the most important data point? Hospitalizations? Not who gets the coronavirus it's who's getting affected or hurt or or possibly at risk with the coronavirus that's what we should be tracking we have had almost zero COVID hospitalizations i think i think i heard around three but let's say let's just say less than 10 since march since march there's no rush on our hospitals if if you're under 20 years old you're more likely to die from the flu than from the virus it doesn't you know but here's the thing they, they don't want to talk narrative. They don't want to have real conversations. They just want to pick and choose the science they listen to while rejecting any science that counters their narrative. The COVID narrative is thick. We really do need to recover the importance of local elections and sound election standards to go along with that. We we really do. I mean, imagine if we actually had a a courageous, solid city council, we wouldn't be bothered by the coronavirus um, uh, shutdown at all. We We wouldn't. You know, imagine if your local county commissioners were standing up for your rights, your First Amendment rights. Imagine if county commissioners were standing up for your right to provide for your family. That, whatever's going on nationally, wouldn't affect you locally because you have strong leadership locally. Our Constitution, make no mistake, but our Constitution is on life support and it's on life support, not because the piece of paper the Constitution is written on is dying, not because the Constitution's dying, but it's because we are dying. It's because the church is dying. You have you have heard me bring this up before. Surveys show that there are probably about forty five million Christians here in the U.S. How come the LGBT gets their cultural agenda through? How come they get it passed? How come all their agenda is getting instituted, and the Christian community can't do squat? We have no impact on culture. We you know support, supposedly forty five million Christians here in the U.S. and you know max six six million LGBT, and yet LGBT. Gets, you know, transgendered library time. LGBT gets uh, Obergefell. They got the Supreme Court to classify transgendered confusion as uh, placing them under the 1964 65 Civil Rights Acts. They got Obamacare. Uh, it, it just goes on. The LGBT get their agenda through, they are pushing their agenda on our culture, on our society, and the church is impotent. The church is anemic. The church needs reformation revival. This is what that shows us. You know, one of the encouraging things that took place this last year was our Fight, Laugh, Feast conference, which again will be happening uh, next October 14th, 15th, 16th. And, but those who showed up were there because they loved Jesus and all of his word. They wanted to fight. They wanted to find a like-minded group of believers. That was it. It wasn't a Presbyterian conference. It wasn't a Baptist conference. It was, it was a bunch of... Uh, you know, uh, fight, laugh, feast, rebels getting together because they loved God, they loved all of his word, didn't want to apologize for any Bible verse, they wanted to fight, and they wanted to be around like-minded people. I hope we have 3,000 people at our at next year's conference. I really do. Because here's, here's where we should be thinking and heading. Stalin, who you should not be in the habit of quoting favorably, <laughs> said that he only needs 5% of the people to take over a nation. He just needs five percent of the people on board with him. That's it. And I pray that God is bringing reformation and revival, and that Christians should be finding that five percent. You know, Jesus is King, and even when things look tough, He's providing a way for His people to disciple the nations, subdue the earth. So, uh, you know, I hope Cross Politic Conference is a big part of bringing that five percent together. I hope uh, Cross Politic is a blessing to you and a blessing uh, to what's going on in in uh, your life or in in. Uh, our ability to you know partner with you in discipleship and and so by the grace of god hopefully we're seeing reformation revival and and we can be a part of that as we think strategically about who to fellowship with and lock arms with in all this so this is Gabriel your Cross across News. the support rowdy christian media by joining our fight lab feast club we can't do this without you we really do need you to join our club but we don't leave you hanging Also, download our app and head to our Fight Lab Feast first annual, uh, second, I would say first, second annual conference, in October 14th, 15th, and 16th. With your partnership, you're providing us with the resources to compete and hopefully take down mainstream media. Fox, CNN, MSNBC, they're all a joke. Go to fightlabfeast.com and take all these actions. Have a great day.